Uh, the time I have left, I want to ask you some questions. I actually want to ask you six questions. So with the time I have left, there'll be quick questions. But I'll give you the answers as well. But the answers, hopefully, will do you. Actually, there were nine questions. I've just added three more that I've missed there at the start and stuff. But I'll be very quick with them. I promise you that I will finish on time. Because I want to ask you uh, some questions tonight. And this has to do with moving from the, the audience to the army. Most people struggle with three basic issues in life three questions the first one is who am i and that has to do with identity it's just who who you are and people struggle uh, with that often from the frontier i've said that the struggle that most people have sometimes is not necessarily uh, who they are but whose they are uh, and when they discover whose they are that they belong to god that they're a child of god that helps them uh, with, the, with their issues in life which the plans and the purposes that God uh, has for them uh, tied to that is the second that we have is do I matter so people have the second issue that they does my life matter does what I do make a difference and stuff am I just here to see out the, the length of years I've been given uh, you know and to to, to attempt to make a mark in life, to become rich, to do whatever, and then uh, to leave it all at the end and stuff. So the second issue that, that people have is, is, do I matter? And then the third one, which is tied to this, is, uh, uh, what am I doing with my life? And that has to do with the impact of your life. Uh, and because I believe that God has something within each and every one of us that is to have an impact uh, for him with others. Uh, and so those three things are the basic issues that, that people have in life and you see lots of people look uh, for the answers to those questions in many many different things you know many many different things people will look at and say I will find the answer here and they will try all sorts of thoughts they will try all sorts of, uh, of, of substances in a sense they will try all sorts of uh, different things to try well you know if I, be, if I can become famous if I can make a lot of money that will give me the significance that I, that I deserve if, if, I, if I have family and, and lots of people who love me and, and that, that, that will help me but it's really the Bible alone that gives us the answers that, that we are looking for you see there are many good things that you can do with your life and we're not knocking the good things that people do with their life but what we must say is living for God is the one thing that you must do that, that, that you have to do and you know and this brings us to the to the reading for tonight the reading tonight is really only one verse that uh, stands out for me as we look at this whole thing of moving from the audience to the army because all of us will relate uh, to this it says proverbs 19 verse 21 says many are the plans in a man's heart but it is the lord's purpose that prevails now we will all have had plans when 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 we were younger you would have been asked you know what do you want to do when you grow up you know, those of us who remember a school, and I'm pretty sure they still do it now, you would have had really what we call a careers officer. Uh, do you still have those at school? Yes, I, people are like, so that's me being relevant. So they do have a careers officer. And you had an appointment with a careers officer, you sat down uh, with them, and they asked you some questions about what you wanted to do when you left school. What career did you want to 
to follow and stuff. And you expected to have this plan laid out of 15, 16 and stuff. And I remember going along and I just did not have a clue uh, what I wanted to do. Well, I did. I wanted to be the centre forward for Aston Villa. But that wasn't going to happen. Those of you who see me play football will won't understand why that was. So I thought to myself, what do I want to do? And I really just had no clue. I really just did not have a plan uh, for my life. Now, people are surprised at this because those of you who tasted my delicious banoffees and Biscoff cheesecake recently, when I left school, I trained to be a baker and a confectioner. Now, nobody believes me. Nobody. When I say to them, they're like, nobody. People even said to me, did you buy the stuff you sold to us? I was shocked, to be honest, with you and stuff like that. He says, but that's what I was. I trained as a baker and a confectioner, and I thought this would be the plan that I would have for my life, because everybody's heart, you know, in a sense, we put together a plan of what we want to do for our life. And, and obviously, when we're young, what we look at is this, is, is, listen, let's be honest, we want to be rich, don't we? We want to have lots of money. We have lots of money. I mean, some of us, as some of you, sorry, are still like that now. You want to be rich and have lots of money. It's a plan that, that people have uh, and stuff. And so we have these plans for our life. But as we get older, as we grow older, what we suddenly realise is our plans don't always work out, do they? The plans that we have, the, the thing, if I just do this and it takes me to this and then it takes me to this, our plans don't often work out. We, 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 we end up in a sense, uh, you know, with things, uh, unexpected things that happen. We end up with, with bad choices that, that we make. And all of these things have come down to our plans. But when the writer of Proverbs writes here, if I write this, he says, many other plans in a man's heart, but it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. And the writer is really saying this. He says, you can have all the plans you want, but if God is not number one, they'll not make any difference at the end of the day. And God's not a spoiler of our fun, and he's not the spoiler of our plans either. But the reality is, when it comes to it, that we look at it and say, we can have all the plans that we want. But life is often uncertain. Life suddenly throws us what people would say curveballs. They will throw us things that are unexpected that we didn't know that were going to happen. All the plans in the world will not uh, come through and work out that. But the one thing that we can be certain of and assured of is what God has for us, his purpose. You see, it's in our nature as people. I think there's something built in for us to plan and, and prepare for the future. You know, I often say this and stuff because time doesn't wait for any of us, does it? You know, I can think to myself that it just seems like yesterday I was a young man. You may think to yourself, you're still a young man, but you, you know, but you might look at it and think to yourself, well, yesterday I can remember being in this place where you talk to somebody who's younger and you can remember at the point that you were at that point and thinking it just seemed like yesterday. And we all have that, don't we? And we suddenly realise how fast time goes, how, how quick everything happens and stuff. And, and, and this is why the verse is written here, that, that man makes his plans and he should. But everything has to be made with appreciation of what God wants to do us to do in his wisdom, in his guidance, and in his strength. And you see, if you discover what God wants you to do, and then it answers some of life's greatest questions. Uh, and really, these are the six questions I just want to throw out to you quickly, tied in to the verse that we're reading. There are many of the plants in a man's heart, but it's a Lord's purpose that prevails. Because in moving us from the audience to the army, what gets in the way sometimes is that we have our plan. We have what we're going to do. We have all, and we sometimes say, well, if I've got enough time left, 
for God, then that's the bit that I can give him. But, but actually, the challenge here is actually is not to have all the plans sorted out and all the things that we want to do, but actually to allow God to lead us and guide us in his. And these will help you, and maybe you'll answer some of these. So I'm going to go through them quickly. The first one is this. The first question is, what is the centre of my life? Uh, and this is a question of worship. Everybody has an indwelt desire to worship something. It says almost like a God-shaped hole, as somebody described it as. What you live for, what you build your life around, it could be a career, it could be family, it could be sport, it could be a hobby, it could be money, it could be anything. Uh, you ask yourself the question, none of those in a sense are, are bad things, none of those are things that we're not. But we ask ourselves the question of, of, of what do we worship? And often you say to people, it says, listen, we can tell you uh, quite easily what you worship. If you take a look at where you spend your time and where you spend your money, and, and you look at it and say, well, that, that, that's what I worship. That's where the worship is. And worship has to do with the center of our life. But though these are all good things, we have to ask ourselves the question, when life starts to fall apart and life doesn't make sense, are those the things that hold us together? Are those the things that give us the assurance and the certainty that we need as we face the journey of life? You see, whatever is at the centre of your life is your God. When you committed your life to Christ, in a sense, he, he moved into the centre of the life, but he moved there with you. And having Christ at the centre of your life is your worship. Somebody said it like this. Uh, they said, when Christ is at the centre of your life, you worship. When he's not, you worry. And how true is that in a sense? Uh, the centre of our life is, is Christ. And when he's at the centre of our life, then, then we worship. And worship means lifting our praise in a sense and our worship to God, regardless of what we're going through at the moment. Because sometimes we can base it on our circumstances. You know, the team sung that song has become one of my favourites. So to lift up our hands and, and all we can cry is a hallelujah. But sure we have. And I often think of the difficulties and the challenges that people go through. And it's not when you're on top of the mountain that you worship that's the greatest evidence of what God is doing in your life. It's when you're in the valley, when everything is going against you, when you hit all the struggles and the discouragements and the despairs of the day. So I maybe ask this question tonight, which is the first question, which is, you know, what is the centre of your life tonight? What is it that you worship? But it brings me to the second question that I ask tonight as we move this, because this is important. What is the character of my life? This is a question of discipleship. What are you like on the inside? Is it a desire for you to grow in God? Now, when I say that, it said, you know, that we have to understand that, that, that God is more interested in, in who you are than what you do. But that's not an excuse to leave the what you do bit out. That actually who you are moves you to do the what you do, if that makes sense. And that's what God is interested in. I mean, I'm thankful that God changes us from the inside out. That's discipleship, isn't it? They're not left to our own devices to change ourselves because we're a bit of a complete disaster at it and stuff. And God works on our inside. You see, our character is created by the choices we make, our actions, our reactions, our attitudes, I think. It's the evidence the God is at work in our life by the character that we show. Always, I'm always admiring and respecting the people going through the, the greatest challenges in life and holding fast the character of God 
within them in the middle of those difficulties. Uh, though, though, though it seems that life is falling apart for them, they're being held together by God. And it's evident in their character as they show it. And, and I read this the other week. I think one of, the, one of the young adults put this on about your character. The people are concerned with your character than with your reputation. Your character is what you really are, while your reputation is merely what others think you are. And how true is that? That character is really who, who we are. It's what God is doing in our life. Our reputation is what others think about us and what others maybe say about us. And sometimes you might hear something that you think, I know that person. And they might say to you, oh, you know, did you hear what this person did? And sometimes we think, oh, it doesn't make any difference whether it's true or not. We just want to hear it. And the reality is that actually that's reputation, what people are like and yet God is so concerned with our character developing our character he says you're moving from the audience to the army we want people to develop and grow not just in a sense in the things that they do but who they are as well there's a purpose of churches that we grow in God we grow as disciples his followers and stuff so we ask ourselves the second question what is the character of our life the, the third question that we ask when we come to the plan of God is, is well what's the communication of my life it's simply what is it what is the words that, that we are saying it says what is it that we are communicating to those around us all of us have these tremendous opportunities through the week with our neighbours in our workplaces our universities our schools it says ministry and mission is not just what goes on here he says, in a sense, that's the easy bit. The hard bit is what you do in the week when you go to your workplaces, onto the streets of Belfast, into factories and other places, and suddenly you're communicating your life. And if Christ is at the centre of your life, and the character of God is what is working in you, that's what you're communicating to, to other people. Everybody has a mission. But you know, when God does something in their life, everybody has a story to tell as well. And it's a story of what God has done in your life. You know, not everybody is called to be a preacher, but in a sense, everybody is called to share God's message. Now, everybody is called to do this from here. But you have a tremendous opportunity as you go out this week to the different places to do uh, what you do. I heard the story of a young preacher asking an older preacher, what the success of good preaching was the older man said to him you need three things the first one is an exciting opening to your sermon the second thing you need is a dramatic conclusion that will make the people want to act and the third thing he said make sure the first thing and the second thing are as close together as possible that's the communication of our life it's a sharing the story that we have but we come to the fourth question now that we have and it's this is well what is the community of our life this is a question of fellowship which where do i belong we went through this awful situation in the world four years ago nobody else likes to talk about covid and stuff but one of the backlashes of covid that it removed us from community it removed us from fellowship but we had the idea that church could be watched on a screen on a Sunday morning in our pyjamas. And we thought, that's church. And even when we got the opportunity to come back, 
we looked at it and said to ourselves, we don't really want to go back. To be honest, it's more comfortable sitting in my pajamas, to be honest. So we weren't letting people come to church in their pajamas. But the truth of it is this, is that it feeds this thing that what is the community of my life? It's a question of fellowship. Where do I belong? Where do I practice the one another commands? The 21 they mention in the New Testament, the love one another, the serve one another, the help one another. Uh, how do we feel about the body of Christ and its members? That's the community of our life. Whether we like it or not, or, or even whether you agree with it or not, we need each other. That, we do. We need each other. Now that might encourage you, or that might discourage you, but either way, it's the truth that we need each other because we're part of the body of Christ. When we spoke this morning of the church, we spoke about those who are in Christ, which is those who have made that decision to surrender their lives and follow Jesus Christ. That brings us in Christ. That brings us into Christ. And so therefore, we, we need each other. And so we're guaranteed and we come together as people that say we're family. Uh, and sometimes with family, we don't always get on with our family. Sometimes we don't always see eye to eye with our family, but they're still family. And that's like the family of God as we gather together because it's a community of our life. There, there, there is no uh, Christian basis, Bible basis, for doing this on your own. There is nothing that says we can do the Christian life on our own individually. We are not an island. We need each other. And so we ask ourselves the question, well, what's the community uh, of my life? Where do I fit into all of this? What do I bring? Everybody brings something. Or we all bring something. We all have something to bring. We've all got a story. We've all got a gift. And this is why we are looking at this whole thing of moving from the audience to the army. Because we believe everybody can serve somewhere. There's no distinguishment of age, talent, gifting, anything else. That everybody has something that they can do. But we find that in community. And it brings us on to the next thing. Which is, well, what's the contribution of my life? And this is a question of service. Not what did I get out of something, what did I put in? There's such a danger with church today in 2024. That people want to come to church to be entertained in a sense. That make sure the worship is good and make sure the preaching is good. And make sure I've got that fix in a sense of, of being entertained. We're not the cinema, we're not a club. He says, but there's a danger that that's happening in church. That people look at it and say, well, if I can get something out of this, this is a place where we stay. And, and actually what happens is this, it's actually what we put into something that makes a difference. When Paul writes to the church in Corinth, he says this. He says in 2 Corinthians 12 verse 9, he says, This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of God's people, but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Why do we do what we do? We do what we do because God has called us to serve one another. But ultimately it's because we're thankful of what he's done in our life. I mean, we are shocked that he would use us. But he does use us. But it's an expression of thanks to be, to use, to be used by him and what he's called us to do. And sometimes it stops people when they say, I can't be used by God. That's nonsense. It's rubbish. Everybody can be used by God. The service that you perform, as Paul says, is all not only supplying the needs of God's people, 
but it's overflowing in thankfulness for what God has done in each and every one of our lives. What a tremendous challenge that is to be used by God. And we ask ourselves sometimes, well, how can I make a difference? Well, well I read this and I thought this probably helps us. It says, with people, they want to feel special, compliment them. They want a better tomorrow, show them hope. They want direction, navigate for them. They are poor, meet their needs first. They are lonely, be a friend to them. They get low and feel down, encourage them. They want success, help them win. Having the right head understands people. Having the right heart loves people. And having the right hand helps people. That just simply is a challenge and it comes up that God wants to use you. Is the issue. There's the issue on the, on the left. This is what we can do on the right as we serve not just God but each other. And the final question that we have tonight is this, because this comes down to it all as it covers, is this, is where is Christ in my life? And this is a question of surrender. All the other questions are connected to this one. The foundation for the will of God in your life is the cross of Jesus Christ. It's a place of sacrifice for Jesus, but it's a place of surrender for us. We cannot come to the cross without recognizing the sacrifice but also the need for us to surrender. That, that's what the cross does as we come to it. And it's central to the Christian faith. Because it reveals to us the character of God. His love for lost sinners and his perfect justice meets for us at the cross. And we have this tremendous mission. And this is what we do when we move from the audience to the army. We're going into battle on the war path with simply that truth which is the gospel, which is to tell people about the cross of Jesus Christ. For as we said this morning, it is the only thing that really will change a person's life. It is the only thing that will really give people hope, lift them out of despair and darkness. You see, if we want to grow in our love for God, which is the first and greatest commandment, then we must be growing up, sorry, growing to understand and appreciate all of the cross, which simply shows us his great love. We want to grow in godliness, we must grow in understanding the significance of the cross, which confronts everything about us. It confronts how bad we are, but it also confronts how good God is. And we see that display on the cross for each and every one of us. It's a place where all the wounds of sin are healed, where people who suffer from emotional problems, guilt, anxiety, depression, anger, or wherever there is healing in the cross of Christ. To see people restored. We're not asking people to move from the audience to the army. Because it gives them something to do. There is no greater joy as a believer to see the work that God does in somebody else's life. And added to that joy is that God would use you as a part of that. To bring that about. That you would be the tool in his hand. To do what he needs to do. What he wants to do. There, there is no greater sense of. And maybe feeling is the wrong word. Achievement, purpose. Uh, a, a significance in our life. Than being used by God. And in this message that we have tonight. We're just simply showing you. These are the questions that we ask. As we move from the audience to the army. But the last one is crucial. Where, where is the Christ, where is Christ in my life? Because that will affect all the other answers to all 
the other questions that we have this evening. So that's the challenge of the word tonight. Uh, and it just simply comes down to this. So answering those simple questions to say, you might have it all together already. You might have all your answers and to say, well, I'll answer all of those because this is what God has done in my life. But maybe you can't answer all of them. Maybe you can't answer the last one. And maybe you're looking at it and say, where is Christ in my life? Well, I'm not sure. Let me tell you, it's easy to be found. It's easy to be found. It's easy to surrender your life and give your life over to him. You may have tried everything else this evening. You may have spent your life looking for the answers, looking for that that fills the hole and fills the gap in your life. I can tell you now that there is only one person that can fill the hole and fill the gap in your life, and his name is Jesus Christ. That's the only one that can do it. And you know, when he saves us, he doesn't just save us in a sense of he saves us from our sin, the penalty of our sin, the punishment of our sin. But he gives a purpose to our life as well. That he actually, for us to go and tell others about what he's done in our life, the mission that he gives us. And, and the worship team are going to come and join us up on the platform just as I close in prayer. At least if we can help you tonight, listen, Carol's going to be at the door. Uh, myself, Pastor Reese are going to be at the door. If we can talk to you, if we can pray with you, if we can help you in, in any way, listen, then please talk to us tonight. I know this is a challenge that has been thrown out tonight. And sometimes we've got to pick up the challenge. And we'll pick up the challenge and say, I want to know more about this. I want to know more about how do I find Christ in my life. Let's pray. Father, we thank you tonight. Father, we can have all the plans in the world. But Father, they won't make any difference if you're not number one in our life. We don't understand that it's your purpose that prevails. Father, you know each and every one of us better than we know ourselves. Father, you paid the highest price for each and every one of us individually in sending your son to the cross. And Father, we know at the cross it's where our sin, our, our wretched sin, meets your perfect love in your Son. And you did that for each and every one of us gathered here tonight. You did that so we would accept what you have done. We would surrender our lives because of what you've done. And we would turn over the rest of our life to you for what you've done for us. And we just say thank you for that tonight. In Jesus' name, Amen.